A few weeks ago, Pastor Lisa started a sermon series called Fully Alive. Um, and this Sunday, I, I'm going to continue um, with that series as we, as we talk about what does it look like to be fully alive in Christ, fully alive at Southeast Raleigh Table, hashtag life given life as we go by. This morning, I want to talk specifically about um, fully alive in despair. What does it look like to be fully alive in despair? Um, just recently, uh, on Monday, uh, there is a pastor by the name of Pastor Wilson uh, who died by way of suicide. Um, and we want to hold this and lift this up for, uh, in the church we realize we don't talk about mental illness the best. Um, and I want to acknowledge that and lift that up because uh, there's work that we ought to do as a church in order to bring that to the spotlight so that we can acknowledge that mental illness is a real thing it's not just spiritual warfare or spiritual darkness, but mental illness is a real thing, and we must address that. And Pastor Lisa, in a few Sundays, uh, will be diving deeply into uh, mental illness and what does that look like within our sermon series, but I want to lift that up. This morning, our uh, message is coming from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14, Ezekiel Chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. And this is what it says. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. God led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. God said to me, mortal, can these bones live? I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Then God said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to those, these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then God said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. 
Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves. And oh, my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, oh, my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. God, wherever we may be in this hour, may your living word find us, may your living word hold us, and may your living word bring us to life with the words you speak to us. May this be. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been in a desert place? I mean, a desert where you are begging to have your thirst quenched. So spiritually thirsty and hungry that it is too difficult to swallow what you've naturally been given. Have you ever been in the valley? I mean, just all along where it's just you, you and yourself, just you, nobody else, and it feels lonely, and you want nothing else but to leave and find home and find community. Over the past year or so, very often, I found myself driving to a cemetery just to walk around. Literally, a cemetery. I know it sounds weird, but I, I literally just walk to the cemetery. There I have some kind of peace that finds me. And I can gather my thoughts and I find stories. And I'm able to imagine as a child again. I see what God has done and what God has promised to do. Though lonely and at the very beginning a little freaked out, it's at the cemetery where I feel close to God. Not because it's a place of death, that remains true, but it's a place where life will spring up again. This I believe. Many of us have been thrown into desert places. We have been thrown into valleys, thrown into cemeteries against our will. Thrown into a place where it seems like no person should go. Thrown into difficult situations, into heartache, into seasons of loneliness. Thrown into despair. And there we are in the midst of the cemetery, in the midst of our desert place, in the midst of the valley. Wondering, what did we do to deserve this? How did we end up? I bet Ezekiel was wondering the same thing. 
The Spirit of God led Ezekiel into a valley, into a cemetery filled with bones, sitting so long that they'd been dried up, waiting for someone like Ezekiel, waiting for someone to recognize them, waiting for someone to, uh, with the power and the authority to restore them back to what they were familiar. Come to find out Ezekiel was the one. What is interesting is that at the very beginning of Ezekiel's ministry, he speaks nothing but judgment over Israel. Nothing but judgment for for their lack of trust, for their uh, unfaithfulness. And, And he's speaking judgment after judgment after judgment. Ezekiel, a prophet called by God to be, uh, to serve as a watchman, someone to keep watch over Israel. And this time is during one of the most turbulent years uh, in the history of Jerusalem, where they are exiled in the city of Babylon. And after years and years and years of judgment from God through Ezekiel, we find ourselves here in the passage where there is promise. Promise of life. Mortal. Can these bones live? Funny how the omniscient God, the all-knowing God, asks this question. Why, as Ezekiel says, God, you know. You know. Ezekiel, this is important, I think, recognized the deity of God. Ezekiel recognized the godness of God. And it ushered Ezekiel into this moment of being able to speak over what seems to be impossible. Where in your life do you need to acknowledge the godness of God? That God can do the impossible. Acknowledge that God knows all and can do all. Areas in your life that are waiting for you to recognize God's godness. Recognize God's strength. Recognize God's power. Your power, your strength, your breakthrough is activated by belief and by faith. Ezekiel had to believe that God knew and so that God would do. Listen, Ezekiel, I I need you to talk to the bones. Open your mouth and and just talk to the bones for for just a little while. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. See, Ezekiel did what God told him to do. And all of a sudden, after he listened to the God who knows and is able to do the impossible, there was a noise. In the lonesome valley, nobody was there with Ezekiel. There was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together. Bone to its bone, there was live tissue forming on these uh, once dry bones and this flesh came upon them and skin began to cover them. 
Ezekiel did everything he was asked to do. But there was no breath in them. So he had to prophesy to the breath once again. I tell you one thing, those bones were stubborn. Ezekiel did what God told him to do. I will cause breath to enter you. Yet there was no breath after Ezekiel prophesied. Breath was prophesied, but they didn't listen. And Ezekiel had to go for round two. Even we can be stubborn. God is trying to grant us life abundantly, to pour into us God's spirit, yet we choose to stay in the valley with the rest of the bones. Maybe it's what the bones had gotten used to, and it was all that they knew. Maybe they feared what was on the other side of the mountain, outside of the valley, and would rather remain comfortable out of harm's way. Oh, it's nice and cozy in this valley. Nobody bothered us here in this valley. We didn't have to have all of these great expectations in the valley. We didn't have to have broken hearts here in this valley. We didn't have to own up in this valley. Let's just stay here in the valley. Yeah, we heard him say, come alive, but yeah, let, let's just stay here a little while longer. What is stopping you from hearing Ezekiel the first time? What is stopping you from hearing God say, come alive? What is stopping the breath to enter into you so that you may rise up as the one who God has called you to be? Is it fear? Is it comfortability? Is it confusion? Is it doubt? Is it lack of trust? Is it hopelessness? What is stopping you? But I give God thanks and praise that this God is persistent. So that when you, you don't hear it the first time, God comes once again and says, come alive. And when you don't hear it the second time, God comes again and says, come alive. And when you don't hear it the third time, the fourth time, God says, didn't you hear me the first three times? Come alive. And over and over and over, God offers this invitation for you to come alive and enjoy, enjoy this life, this life more abundantly. Come alive. And Ezekiel breathes upon them that they may live, and they lived and stood up on their feet. This was for Israel. A people who had lost their land, whose bones were dried up, and whose hope was lost. This is what God will do. God will open your graves and bring you up. God will restore your land and bring you back. God will put God's spirit within you and you shall live. Now may you hear this promise for yourself. You who have lost hope, grab a hold of your hope once again. Having hope is not an easy way out. Having hope is not romanticizing. 
having hope is, is, not, is not neglecting where you find yourself or the circumstances that you find yourself. But Brene Brown, she says this, Brene Brown says that hope is a function of struggle. It is a form of resistance to hope. It, 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 it takes strength to hope. It's a, part, it, it, it's a part of the struggle. It takes something to hope. I think about mothers and fathers in antebellum slavery who could have found it so easy to lose hope and to throw in the towel and to give up, but yet they believe, yet they hope, and yet they kept on keeping on. It's not romanticizing. It's not neglecting where you find yourself, but it is believing in a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. It is believing in a God who has done great things before, is doing great things now, and has promised to do great things in the future. It is about believing in a God who will never leave us nor forsake us. It is about believing in a great God. It's difficult. But God grants us the strength to hope in one who continues to pour into us hope and faith. You whose bones feel dried up, as our worship team prepares to come up, maybe your dreams feel dried up, your vocation dried up, up, your vision, your spiritual life dried up. God is placing God's spirit within you so that you may live, so that your dreams, your vision may live, so that you may live. Some of us have bones that have dried up and have, uh, we've hidden them away because of what it reminds us of. Bones we don't care to dig up because we have lost hope in them. Hear these words from Glennon Doyle. Despair is loud, but it is a liar. Here is the truth. There is no running out of tries. Don't lose hope on that vision that God gave you so long ago. Try again. Don't lose hope in your abilities. Try again. Don't lose hope uh, in redemption in this life. Try again. And if it is too hard to try again, link up with those in the community who find it too difficult to dig up those bones and speak life to those bones and try again. God wants to enter into the graveyard of our hearts and breathe mighty spirit upon you, upon what you have buried because you lost hope in it. What you have buried, you've buried a part of yourself. And God wants to breathe life into that, breathe life into you so that you may come alive again. What do you need to breathe into your place of despair. Relationships, your health, vocation, spiritual life. 
What needs the breath of God? May you speak life, and may you hear the rattling of bones in the graveyard of your heart. May you speak life and have hope, have faith that God is up to something in the depths of your heart, that God is doing a new thing, that God is raising you to life, that God is raising those parts that you thought were dead back to life, that God is raising those things that you have thrown into the darkness back to life. So may this be so. May this become true for you, that wherever you are in your life, that God is able to bring you back to life. That whatever circumstance that comes against you, that it cannot kill you nor defeat you, but God is able to raise you up and bring those dry bones to life. For God knows and God cares for you. Listen to what God says of you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.